You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Jason Ross here with another edition of Locked On Kings. Tonight, the Kings are back in action when they take on the Portland Trailblazers. And I'm anxious. I'm sure the Kings are anxious. Everybody has got to be anxious to see this team play again since their dismal performance on Wednesday in Atlanta where they lost by 46 points and so awful shot with 35%, struggled to score 80, no, nothing went right. I mean, I remember you heard yesterday's uh, podcast. It was pretty doom and gloom for me. I didn't have, and I'm a silver lining guy, couldn't find much at all from that game as far as the silver lining goes for the Sacramento Kings. So uh, the weekend ahead, they play Friday against the Blazers, Saturday against the Blazers, and then back home Monday against Denver, Lakers home Wednesday as well. So, some home games coming up, three of the next four, but will that be what the Kings need? That's to be determined. We'll find out uh, for Sacramento going forward. Today on the podcast, we're going to, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of new information. The Kings took Friday off, and there's a lot of schools of thought there on whether or not it's better to, you know, go difficult practice right after a, a brutal game like that or get them some rest. They had been on the road for three straight games, playing back-to-back games coming up, and generally – the players will kind of inform the coaches or the coaches will have a gauge of the team on what they need. And I know we dealt with a lot of phone calls the other day about people saying, oh, this team, they shouldn't have any time off. They should go right back at it. Well, I don't know. There's lots of different schools of thought there. And I told the story the other day on the radio with Henry Turner that, you know, and this is going to be dated, obviously, but it, it seemed like the way of years ago. I remember playing a lot of uh, competitive basketball growing up. And then certainly into high school, and we had some pretty intense coaches. We had a good basketball program down in Southern California, the place I played. And, you know, I can still remember vividly having a game in which we were questioned by our coach about our toughness, our approach, our attitude, uh, thought we were soft. All the all the things you hear when, when you play poorly and your coach feels like you weren't giving an all-out effort. And we were taking the bus home from a game that we played. We were on the road. We had bad performance. And... We are ready to do like normal, go back into the locker room, get our stuff, and make our way home. And coach said, no, 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 we're not going home. You guys are practicing. And so we practiced coming back from a game in which we were terrible. And I can remember a drill we did where nobody was allowed to leave the paint because we had trouble rebounding. So nobody was allowed to leave the paint. And I think we had maybe six guys at a time, so maybe three on three, everybody in the paint. So six bodies in the paint. And the coach would throw up just shots he'd try to miss. Or if he made it, it didn't matter. The point was, we were all supposed to go after the rebound. Everybody. And it was, there wasn't any dribbling after. It was like, basically, go get the ball. And we did that. We did that for a while where people were getting bumped around, scratched, hit, elbowed, uh, falling down. It was, it was physical. I mean, it was, go get the basketball. We also did a drill where we were on the sideline maybe at center court, I feel like we were, and the coach would roll the ball right out at the center court line, and me and a teammate would be on each side, and it would be a sprint to go get the basketball. And the ball's on the ground, so pretty much you're running full speed, diving, and you know, you'd hear the screeches of your skin on the floor, but it was he didn't care. It was about making us go after the basketball, toughness, that kind of thing. And you know, as much as that feels like a movie or old-school way of thinking – that's not what happens anymore. And and that doesn't mean that the guys aren't tough because they certainly are and can be. But that's what our coach was looking for back then. And that's what I feel like in my mind. Oh, I want to see that. But 
it's just maybe not a reality of, of what you could do. Maybe it is, but it's not what the Kings are electing to do now. So anyway, uh, that was story time for me. I'm going to move ahead and try to figure out what I can best describe of, of the podcast today is, is a conversation with Garrett Temple. And he's one of the veterans. He had to live it. He had to endure it. He has to be a guy that we're hoping passes a positive message or a, a message on to the young guys along with Costa, along with Randolph Carter, George Hill, the guys that have been around a little while. So on Thursday on KHTK, on our weekly talk show with Garrett Temple, Damian Barling and I had a chance to catch up with Garrett, and we start out, and this can be the whole interview, and it's not an easy one to do on these days and certainly not one that he looks forward to, but uh, we started out with the simple formal greeting of how he's feeling. Doing all right, man. Um, not as good as I would be doing if we'd have come out with some wins on this road trip but you know it's all a part of the process oh there's that word again <laughs> uh games like last night happened garrett i think a lot of fans are just wondering like how how did, how did it spiral so out of control against the atlanta hawks um it's tough to say man you know we we started off pretty you know we had a, another tough start but we were able to get it down to about uh eight and then all of a sudden you know the the, the wheels fall off fell off and um you know, a bad second quarter for us, um, and obviously the third quarter, after we started off and cut it down, we weren't able to get, get it past, I want to say, 19 or 15 or something like that. So it's just a multitude of small details um, on the defensive end and offensive end, but mostly just defense uh, that we're not um, quite grasping yet. Yeah, Garrett, I mean, we think of you as one of the better defenders on the team, but I felt like your team collectively – uh, that was uh, some of the more disappointing defenses I think we've seen you guys play. It, it didn't feel like you guys took things away in the paint or on the perimeter. Did you sense it while it was happening? I mean, is that something you could realize was going on, like while you're living the moment? Yeah, yeah. We we you know when you when you face a team, any team in NBA, uh, you want to take things away. But you know, people are so good in this league. You, you can only you have to give something up. And I think last night we. Um, we gave up everything, you know, it was, uh, whether it was the pick and roll and the guard getting to the basket, or if we addressed the guard, the big man would catch it and nobody, we wouldn't have any help side, um, from the weak side, you know, when the big was rolling. So we didn't take anything away. And, uh, you know, Atlanta, even though they're, they're not a, they haven't had a great record. They've been in a lot of games and they, you know, have a great coach and Mike Bunos. So they're going to find ways to, to mess you up if you don't, uh, defend them. Uh, Garrett, people in radio and television, we often use the term when it comes to what's happening on a basketball floor, is something is contagious. Whether it's a hot shooter or a cold shooter, that it just seems to infect the rest of the team. Is that real? Can things be contagious? Like if, if you know, a couple of guys are shooting bad or, you know, you were talking about on the defensive end, does it can, can it just infect the rest of the team? Yeah, I think, I think it is. I think it is contagious. I think um, another thing that's contagious, uh, besides missing shots or making shots is, uh, you know, playing unselfishly, both offensively and defensively. If you play with an unselfish mindset on both ends of the court, then you have a chance to, you know, you have a chance for it to permeate throughout the team. And I think um, that's one thing that we did do last night. That's one thing that we need to focus on doing, uh, you know, in the future, you know, making the extra pass or helping the helper. And that way you, you, you build trust and you build our confidence in your teammates. And Gary, you talked about making the extra pass. Offensively, season long now, 14 games in, it's been a, tr- a struggle to score. 
what do you see as ways to get the point total up? Just collect, I mean, we know making shots would certainly help, but just to get the offense going, what do you see as some of the fixes there? Um, I think we need to, you know, I, I actually like our offensive sets. I think we just need to cut harder, understand the details of where each other should be and why coach wants us to be in this position rather than two feet over that way. And, um, you know, you know, pay attention to those details and execute. I think, you know, the biggest thing is you can always talk about, well, you know, somebody may say you don't like the offense or whatnot, but unless you actually run it and try it, uh, and put your full effort into it, you don't know if it's going to work or not. So I think the biggest thing is us cutting hard, making the right reads when we do make cuts, and like you said, at the end of the day, making shots as well. Uh, Garrett Temple, your Sacramento Kings, with us here on the lowdown. Uh, Garrett, last night, uh, Joel Embiid shot 19 free throws. Uh, The Sacramento Kings as a team shot 20. Uh, You guys have never been really high uh, in terms of of, uh, number of free throw shots per game. Is that a number that you guys have addressed that you think needs to to get up there a little bit? Yeah, we we talked about it multiple times, and it's uh it's about being aggressive. You know, it kind of goes into the the fact that you you know you be aggressive offensively and defensively, and um, you don't get as many call foul calls called on you on the defensive end, and you get to the line more on the offensive end. Um, and that's something that Coach Jager has definitely continued to tell us. And uh, put in our minds, we just have to actually put it to the, actually do it on the floor. You know, we we talk about this a lot. You know, you lose by one, you lose in this case by forty six. It's still a loss. But it, have you personally in the league ever experienced a loss this large? Um, that you know of? Not that I can remember. I mean, you, you have to go into the Elias. <laughs> you have got to ask Elias for that. But personally, not that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, I, I want to say we lost by like thirty something last year, yeah. uh, and then in DC I've had a couple of you know every every place I've been I've probably had a couple of bad losses, but forty six that's that's definitely got to be up there. Yeah, and I guess my point too on that is does the point differential matter? I mean, in the end, if you lose by twenty, it's bad. If you lose by in this case forty six, fans get agitated. But what's that? moment you know you're one of the veterans that we say that well these young guys got to lean on guys like Garrett Temple because you know they got to learn from these experiences does, does it matter in one sense that the the deficit is that large yeah yeah it matters because there's a sense of pride um that you uh that you you you, you, you should have as a professional athlete um as a man uh you know that you don't want to get you know 46 points i mean at the end of the day some, some some things happen, you know. Some some people may get hot. You may now be able to make a shot. Okay, you lose by twenty, you know. But forty six, that's just a matter of not playing, not competing at all. And um, you know, we take full responsibility for that, and we we can't let that that happen again, no matter how young young we are. Well, good thing about the NBA, Garrett, is you have a chance to get that uh, nasty taste out of your mouth pretty quickly here, as you got the. Uh, Portland Trailblazers coming in town tomorrow. You guys had the day off today. Uh, a lot of times rest is better than practice. Uh, what will your approach be tomorrow? I assume you guys are going to have a shoot-around and prepping for uh, that deadly backcourt of C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. Yeah, we're going to have a shoot-around and uh, try to figure out ways to put them in situations where they, you know, uh, struggle or, or aren't as um, you know successful on offensive end. Obviously, they're a very good offensive team with Dame, CJ and then obviously and Nurkic is playing well, um, 
but you know they're a team that uh that is beatable and uh if we come out and and we got to have a good, a good start you know we have to have better starts both in the first quarter and the third quarter and that's on us the starters and uh you know we have to compete man at the end of the day that's what we got to do bro so hopefully we can come out and uh like you said get that bad taste out of our mouth tomorrow Garrett, would you use that game, like the 46-point loss, more of a reminder? Or the last time you were at home, you guys came off two good wins before the road trip. Would you try to emphasize that when you're kind of talking to your teammates? Um, I, I mean, the 46 game thing. I mean, if it, it, it was two, it was last night. So yeah. hopefully that's still fresh in people's minds. Uh, you know, you just it's just a matter of competing, man. I mean, guys are gonna. You know, you you can take away positives from the games we had at home, but we got to find ways to compete, um, no matter if we're at home or away. And uh, you know, so I think if if we have a bad start, then we got to we got to bring something up to to make people remember, hey fellas, we got to try, we got to compete, man. You know, Garrett, this is as uh, as down as we've heard you <laughs> since we've done uh, <laughs> uh, uh, these interviews this fourth season. I wanted uh, this whole season. I want to try to cheer you up in some sort of way. The trip wasn't all bad. I mean, it was bad on the court. I know you got a chance to see Jay Z during this three game trip. Uh, but what was the best part of the National Museum of African American mm-hmm. History? There was a great video feature on SacramentoKings dot com about that. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was powerful, bro. I, I was. You know, I pride myself on being a guy that, you know, knows a good amount of African-American history and uh, the things that were were there, just the way that they it was set up from slavery and freedom. Uh, where, like, like, I, like I said, it, it should have been called freedom, then slavery, then freedom. But the way it was set up uh, to where it had you grow, like it was a, 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 it was a certain type of growth point in each portion. And when you get to the top, it talks about the culture and the music and the things that African Americans have done uh, in this nation and 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 continue to continuing to today. I think there's just the growth of the museum from the start to where we are now as African Americans is something that is really big and uh, they really pressed upon us that it's something. It's American history. It's not just Black history. You know, it's American history and it's always going to be part of our history. Yeah, and I think you had, I know a couple teammates at least there, Giles, a couple of young guys, Justin Jackson. What, what was their similar takeaway for them? Yeah. Uh, Harry, you know, we would, we were watching, looking at some of the uh, sculptures and, I mean, you know, some of the things out there and just were amazed at what people had to go through, but also, you know, the fact that, uh, that we were able to make it, make it through those things. And, um, you know, we saw some things about the sit-ins, you know, saw some stuff. I think the mo- the thing that really blew my mind the most was the amount of people that traveled on the slave ships that never made it to America. And, you know, they had certain uh, documentation of, you know, maybe 800 people got on the ship and only 300 got off and things of that nature. So when you start thinking about how many times that happened, um, the amount of people that lost their lives for, you know, for, you know, me to be here right now in this country. It's uh, it's tough, man. And when you think about things like that, you know, a basketball game is just a game, man. A couple things I like from Garrett um, when I asked him about does it matter if you lose by one or by 46? And his, yeah, right away, yes, it matters. It does matter uh, as far as, you know, your sense of pride as an athlete, as a man. So questioning your man, I mean, that's 
that's strong, and hopefully those kind of words are being shared amongst teammates and amongst um, everybody involved with the Sacramento Kings. So that's all being questioned, and that's why I anticipate a strong performance and effort and intensity and competitiveness against the Blazers. Doesn't mean it's a win, but where you, the fight is there, and I think that's going to be important for the Sacramento Kings. And then even just perspective at the end. I mean, I'm passionate about it. Fans are passionate about it, and I do think the players are passionate about it. But sometimes a little perspective on other things. It is just a game. Doesn't mean it's just oh, it's just a game. Who cares? That's not the, what I'm saying. But sometimes we need perspective too. And Garrett shared a little bit about that about going to the African American Historical Museum in D.C. and just you know, life, learning life, learning life's lessons, and still trying to get better, still competing, and still trying to make this team better too. So all things kind of intertwine there in our conversation with Garrett Temple. All right, now I want to look ahead to the matchup with the Portland Trailblazers. Now throws to Napier. Napier lob inside. Beautiful pass to Hartless who gets it. Oh, Napier with a terrific feed leading Mo right to the rim. Nurks get it. Has it for a moment. Lost it. They dive to the floor. He gets it to McCollum for a three. Yes! A scramble play. And McCollum hits the three. Time out Orlando. Oh, they're dancing in the eye. Six. Dame with the ball between the legs. Dribble a couple of times. He's working on Ingram. Long three-pointer for the win. He knocks it down. Seven tenths of a second to go. But Damian Lillard with ice water in his veins has sent this crowd into delirium. The Blazers lead it. 113-110. You know, Portland, I think, has traditionally been a good matchup for the Sacramento Kings. They don't always beat them, but I think the Kings play them well. Blazers, 8-6, and six, not incredible, but certainly better than an Atlanta team. They've got a phenomenal backcourt, Lillard and McCollum. Damian Lillard averaging just under 25 points, 6 assists. Um, you know, they, they'll play the rookie, Caleb Swanigan. He has been starting because of Al Farouk Amino being out. Mo Harkless, Yusuf Nurkic gives them a decent front court, but it's the backcourt which makes them go. And where I said initially I, I kind of like the matchup for the Sacramento Kings, here's a couple things I don't like for the Sacramento Kings. Portland is one of the better rebounding teams in the league. They're top five. They're actually one of the better defensive teams in the league. They're third and fewest points allowed. Four of their last five games, they've held opponents under 100. And that does not fit well into the Kings' uh, DNA. The Kings have had trouble scoring. And if this team is already good defensively, that part will make me a little bit nervous. But to me, it's all about effort, performance, competitiveness, those kind of things. And I say effort, but really the competitiveness that this team shows, whatever five are out there for at whatever extended amount of minutes. And I think being home will help that, but it's sad that that's what it needs. I mean, this team needs to show uh, a strong desire. And the other thing that would help, just make some shots. Make shots early, gets them confidence, gets the crowd going, and it all seems to snowball. So we'll see how it goes. Certainly we'll be back Monday to recap all of the weekend's action, the Friday game, the Saturday game, preview the Monday game. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening all week long here on Locked on Kings. And uh, we'll be back on Monday for another edition of Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.